Good morning, afternoon, or night, everybody. If you are new here, hi, hello, I am Kylie Bohm from Facts Nest, and welcome to episode 5 of the Books Insight series. Today's book talk will be about Suzanne Collins' incredible novel, The Hunger Games. Today, of course, we will be talking about the very first book in the series, tomorrow we'll be over Catching Fire, and Wednesday we'll be over the final book, The Mockingjay. Just a quick warning, there will be spoilers, but I will not be revealing the ending just because I very much want to encourage anyone here listening to please read the books because they are incredible. Let's go! After a series of terrible events, the country of Panem is created. Now, Panem is what is left of the world, and it's something that was originally the United States of America. It was split into 13 districts, and each faction provided for the nation. They all operated under the control of the capital. None of the districts had say in the government, or anything for that matter. They weren't even allowed to interact with each other. After some time, District 13 rebels, and war and famine plagued the country for years. The capital was able to win the war, completely obliterating District 13, and now host the Hunger Games as a way to keep the districts in line and remind them of their power. Each district has to offer one boy and one girl from ages 12 to 18 to compete in the game against one another to the death. They are chosen at an event called The Reaping, where a name will be drawn. The older kids have better odds, and there's also the Tesserae. Now to better explain that, once you reach the age of 12, your name will be put in once. The next year, it will be put in twice, so on and so forth. But there is also the thing called the tesserae. Now, the tesserae is a small bit of grain that will help provide for that person's family if they so chose to sign up for it. Being in District 12, the most poor district, Katniss Everdeen, our main character, has been signing up for the Tesserae her whole life to help provide for her family. Her and Gail, who have been friends forever, also hunt to provide for their families, something that is completely illegal. If they were ever caught, they could be killed on sight, or worse, their families would be punished. At the reaping of the 74th annual Hunger Games, Primrose, or Prim, Katniss's 12-year-old sister, gets chosen. Katniss volunteers to take her place in shock, of course. How could someone whose name only been in once get picked? Peter Malark, often referred to as the boy with the bread, is also chosen at the reaping. This hurts Katniss, as she feels she owes this boy. He had saved her and her family's lives by giving her some bread a few years back, a debt that she feels she still needs to pay. District 12, being so poor and so weak, almost never wins at the games. They have only ever had two victors from 12. Hamish Abernathy is the only living victor. He is to act as Peta and Katniss's mentor. Unfortunately, he is a drunk and is very hard to keep on the same page. Effie Trinket, who acts as a part mentor for the two, isn't allowed to assist them as much as she'd like. It is entirely up to Peta and Katniss to gain his respect. Before going to the capital, 
Peta and Katniss are brought to the district's justice building for last-minute goodbyes. Visitors bring gifts to Katniss before she's hauled away. Madge, who is the mayor's daughter, gives Katniss a pin to keep as her district token, a pin in the form of a mockingjay. Peta Millark's father, the baker, gives Katniss cookies, an expensive and rare treat she almost has never tasted. He doesn't say much, more quiet comfort, but she's grateful. Gale, his gift is the promise to keep Katniss's family safe. He promises to watch after them, to make sure that they're being fed, and to also make sure that Katniss's mother does well in taking care of her. Once at the Capitol, the tributes are pampered, treated well, paraded given luxury, and most importantly, trained in combat. Now, districts 1, 2, and 4 already have an advantage on all the other districts. Not only are they more rich, but they have been trained their whole lives for the games, and they are known as the career tributes. Once in the games, Peta and Katniss are forced to separate. They aren't really a team, and will have to kill each other eventually if it comes down to it. Sometime within the game, however, Katniss can't help but feel betrayal when she finds that Peta is sided with the careers. Katniss makes an alliance with a tribute named Rue. She is a 12-year-old from District 11. Rue helps to save Katniss from the career tributes, and to Katniss's surprise, so does Peta. But in the midst of the confusion, Katniss loses track of Peta, and she doesn't really get to ask him what side he's really on. Rue and Katniss form a plan to blow up the career supplies, knowing that they won't be able to survive without it, and they manage. But unfortunately, Rue dies, and Katniss commits her first murder. Sometime after, there's a new rule. Two tributes from the same district can win, and now it is Katniss and Peta against the others. Will Katniss find Peta in time? Will they survive? How does it end? Well, you'll just have to read and see. The Hunger Games is a dystopian novel, and what that means is that it is a world set in horrible living conditions. This is masked sort of in the world of Panem by President Snow and his people. They want to give everyone living in the capital everything they could have ever wanted to kind of be like, hey, this is great. This is perfect. You live in a utopian world. When in reality, that isn't really the case. The capital is given all of the district's materials. They are rich and they wear these elaborate clothes and flamboyant colors and wigs. However, imperfections are unacceptable. There are no wrinkles or scars or body hair or pimples. Things like that are completely forbidden. So it is things like that that kind of show that it isn't necessarily perfect. 
in a dystopian society, there is going to be a lot of paranoia. Snow has what they call peacekeepers all over the districts, and even more so in the more poor districts, like 11 and especially 12. They're there to, as the name says, keep the peace, keep order, and report any suspicious activity back to the capital. Snow has these people mainly to keep from there being another rebellion. My favorite part of the first book would have to be the eye contact, or the tension. There's a moment between Katniss and President Snow where there are no words exchanged. I'm not going to get too much into it because I really do not want to take away from it, but there is a silent exchange between Katniss and President Snow, or rather a message, that Snow is trying to give to Katniss. His eyes are so unforgiving. He is wearing a smile, but nothing masks that looks of unforgiveness and blame. He blames Katniss for something that she does in the book, and that will eventually be shown later in the other two books in the series as well. I would definitely rate this book a 10 out of 10. I love this series so much. I cannot exaggerate that enough. Sudan does a really great job of making the world of Panem feel as realistic and intriguing as possible. She uses things from our own world and exaggerates them. For example, in the book, and I'm going to use a direct quote here, it says, I program the closet for an outfit to my taste. The windows zoom in and out of part of the cities at my command. You need only whisper a type of food from a gigantic menu into a mouthpiece and it appears, hot and steamy, before you in less than a minute. And it's really funny because reading that you think, wow, that's amazing. Like, that is so, so cool. And it kind of slips your mind that we already have things like that in our own world, you know? We have smart homes where you can say a command and it will happen, and we have Google Maps and GPS systems, and we have drive throughs where you order food from a gigantic menu into a mouthpiece and it is delivered to you in minutes. And I, I think that's very, very funny how we have things so advanced, but when you're reading or watching a movie, that, that slips your mind how far we have come. The Hunger Games, as I've said, is by far one of my favorite series, and if you have not already, I strongly suggest reading it. It is ranked really high in dystopian novels because, like we talked about, it's controlling government, the constant paranoia of the capital, President Snow, and its districts. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. That is going to be it for episode 5. Thank you so, so much for joining me here today. Once again, I am Kylie Bohm from Facts Nest, and as always, keep on reading.